Hey listeners, welcome to Get Fit with Jules. In this week's episode, I will be going over who I am, what I do, and why I do it. So to start, I will be telling you a little bit about myself. So my name is Juliana, I'm 17. I am a high school senior and I participate in cheerleading and soccer. I also enjoy powerlifting on the side. My podcast is going to be about health and fitness and it will relate to probably a lot of things that you faced yourself. Um, the reason I chose health and fitness was because when I was younger, I was um, heavily obese and very unhealthy. So I decided to turn my life around and pretty much change the way I eat, change the way I work out, um, start working out, and changing who I was as a person. Now, I know you're probably thinking, yes, everyone has those moments that everyone does, you know, get some baby fat and things like that. But I think my situation was a little bit more extreme. Um, I did visit many dietitians. I had a lot of doctor's appointments. I had more hormonal issues that caused my entire body to just be fluctuating all the time. And that is one of those reasons why I am so passionate about other people and specifically children, um, just in general, avoiding obesity and being able to overcome that and better themselves for a better life in the future. In this podcast, I will have several categories in which I dive deeper in each episode. Those categories include sleep, nutrition, training, performance, and mental capabilities. Now that you know a little bit more about me, let's dive into how to actually start training. Now, I know everyone will take exercising a different way. Many people enjoy it, and also many people hate it. So the important part is to find exercise that you enjoy and you will continue to want to do. Exercise means something different for everyone. For some, it may be walking for 20 minutes a day with your dog. It may be rowing for 50 minutes for another. It all depends on what you enjoy. When starting to exercise, you want to follow some fit, some physical activity guidelines. So pretty much, um, in general, doing physical activity, just any physical activity is better than nothing. Um, you want to accumulate 150 to pr- probably about 300 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity or 75 to 150 minutes, which is equal to one and a fourth of an hour to two and a half hours of vigorous intensity physical activity each week. Now, before you actually start exercising, you want to see your doctor first and you want to make sure that to see your doctor first because um, especially if you are over 45 years old or physical activity causes you pain in your chest, um, things like that avoid more problems in the future. So things to watch out for is you often faint or have spells of, or of severe di- dizziness. You have moderate physical activity that makes you very breathless. You're at a higher risk of heart disease. Um, you think that you may have a heart disease or you are pregnant. So make sure that you are talking to a doctor and discussing what kind of physical activity you are going to start doing before you actually do it. This is called a pre-exercise screening. So it's used to identify people with medical conditions that may put them at a higher risk of experiencing a health problem during physical activity. It is a filter or a safety net to help decide if the potential benefits of exercise outweigh the risks for you. 
After you consult with your doctor, you want to consider your fitness goals. A lot of people want to lose fat and, in general, look better in clothes. So, for some people that may be losing fat and gaining muscle, for some people that may be just gaining muscle, for other people that may just be getting to a healthy body fat. The next step to choosing an exercise program and conducting one is to think about your likes and your your dislikes. Personally, for me, I really don't enjoy swimming. As much as I would love to, and as great as an exercise as it is, I just don't enjoy it. So instead, I really do love the Stairmaster, which is ironic enough, but that's what I enjoy, so that's what I do. So find things that you enjoy. You want to plan a logical progression of activity. If you're just beginning to exercise, start cautiously and progress slowly. You also want to build activity into your daily routine. So schedule yourself time to exercise as you would as a doctor's appointment. You also want to think of variety. You don't want to be doing the same thing every single day. By varying your activities and cross-training, you can avoid exercise boredom and um, potential injuries as well. Now, personally, I think this is one of the most important things that you can do, and you want to allow yourself time to recover. Your body's not going to be used to running 30 minutes every single day. So make sure that you're getting adequate sleep and um, good nutrition so that your body can fully recover. A good tip is to put whatever plan and goal you have on paper. A written plan can encourage you to stay on track. Now that we know how to start exercising, we can start thinking about motivation and adherence. So... For this one, you really want to think about what motivates you. Um, Are you an intrinsic or an extrinsic kind of person that is motivated? Um, Most of the people, most of the time people are engaged in physical activity for the inherent pleasure and experience that comes from engagement itself. So those are the people that love exercising and do it because they actually enjoy it. Um, Most of the times you'll hear about runners that enjoy going on the marathons because pretty much They get a runner's high, and then they're able to be social and talk with friends, and it's just a good time all around. But for some people, it may be an an extrinsic motivator, which is being physically active because of an external factor. So usually these people will feel some tension, guilt, or pressure related to exercising. Most of the time, these people are in the gym because they're going to the Bahamas in the summer you know, um, or they're going on a cruise next week, you know, that sometimes these kinds of people that are exercising aren't exactly thinking about why they are doing it and if they're doing it for the right reasons. Now, there's another term that um, personal trainers like to use, and this is called self-efficacy. So, this is the belief in one's own capabilities to become successful, and This pretty much means if you don't believe in yourself and that you can actually complete the exercise and that you can do it, then essentially you won't. Um, I think in any sport, when you think that you're going to lose, you go in ready to lose the game. This is the same thing, but a personal way of looking at it. Many people also have a situational kind of motivation. So that's motivation during the actual exercise compared to outside of the gym and, you know, just hanging out doing homework. So this kind of motivation is very good for improving yourself and 
working out on your own. Uh, most of the times, situational motivation will come from personal trainers or friends that you work out with. And situational motivation is very good for that specific reason. And honestly, you feel pretty good when you are motivating yourself. So what you want to essentially do is influence thought patterns and emotional responses and behavior. That way, you are more encouraged to work out. Now, I know we talk a lot about how you can motivate yourself, but we also have to think about how we have social support. So what this does is um, it prevents relapse, and relapse is becoming completely inactive. And um, so anyone who is active wants to avoid this. You want to be prepared and plan ahead and not relapse at all. So by having social support, you can keep yourself motivated, your friends motivated, and that's why a lot of times in these guides that you can buy, you can find Facebook groups and essentially just create a community for yourself. So even if you're not the specific person um, that is working out in your family or things like that, maybe they are part of a Facebook group and maybe that's what makes them get up to go work out because they're motivated. And when looking at these Facebook groups, you have to be very honest with yourself and you have to keep a very open and trustworthy relationship with yourself because you have to be assertive in your own way. You have to be honest and straightforward in all of your feelings and your beliefs and how um, you are actually feeling about your program because if you're thinking oh man like I'm not losing weight you'll want to change something but if you're lying to yourself you know you're just going to have to go full circle again and keep going through that situation. So we can also talk about what keeps you from being successful and this will be personal attributes, environmental factors, and physical activity factors. Personal attributes are your income, your age, your gender, you know, things like that. So to relate this to something, um, personal attributes that kept me from being successful when I was younger was I didn't have an income. I was uh, around 12 years old. I wasn't making any money. If I made money, it was from doing yard work outside with like for my parents. Um, age can also affect it because if you don't have a car, you can't go to the gym by yourself. You know, you can't you aren't able to go and buy a gym membership for yourself until you're 18 and gender also we have found that many females are more likely to not be exercising consistently compared to males then we dive into environmental factors and this goes a lot for many many people um, we're talking about time social support access to facilities um, I think the biggest thing that everyone can relate to right now is time they a lot of mothers don't want to work, leave and go work out because they're leaving their children at home. Um, a lot of people don't have any so social support, so they don't feel the need to go up and go work out because they're not letting anyone down. Access with two facilities, you know, it's hard to work out when you don't have anything to work out with. Especially, like, if you don't know how to body weight work out, you know, calisthenics, things like that. And physical activity factors. This is you as a person. What keeps you from working out? It could, for a lot of people, it's the intensity. When they get a personal trainer, the personal trainer won't go too hard in the first couple of weeks. And they don't want to come back because that, it's hard. A lot of people don't want to put in the work, and which is understandable. When you're first building up, you have to take it easy. You have to um, let your body recover. 
and a lot of the times people will be coming in with pre-existing injuries which will keep you from actually being completely successful and of course you can rehab it and prehab it and make sure that you are being safe about it but there is just a whole other level to how we go about that as a trainer all right now that we've talked about a little bit as to how you can get motivated and stay motivated, let's talk about how we can change our behavior. Now there are five stages of change. So pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. Pre-contemplation, Many people are just not even thinking about exercise. It's not even a priority. Nothing about them makes you think of exercise. The next stage is contemplation. So these are the people that are saying, oh, I should really go to the gym. You know, things that they do consider it, but they just never get around to it. The next stage is preparation. So these people are active but sporadically active. So they will go to the gym maybe once a month and, you know, it'll be good for that month, but they are never consistent. They don't have a set routine and they go whenever they feel like it. The next stage is action. So what these people are doing is they are maintaining their activity level. Um, They're doing something every single day and just moving consistently. Now, most athletes that are high school level, college level, um, even some middle school athletes are in the maintenance stage. So for this one, they have been active for over six months. um, And in this stage, you really want to prevent relapse and maintain activity. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I'm motivated. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to exercise. So once you've started exercising, you want to be able to monitor your your uh, your progress on your exercise program. So you want to assess your progress six weeks after you start your program. Um, you want to measure the same p- parameters as you did to record your baseline fitness. And then every eight to 12 weeks after that. So you may need to adjust the time, intensity, and the type of exercise that you do in order to keep improving. On the other hand, you may be pleasantly surprised to find that you're exercising just the right amount to meet your fitness goals. If you start to lose motivation, set new goals, or try a new activity. Exercising with a friend or taking a class at a local fitness center may help. One of many ways to assess your overall fitness levels when you're beginning is to test out your BMI. So body mass index, or BMI, is one method used to estimate your total amount of body fat. It is calculated by dividing your weight in kilograms by your height in meters squared. So the differences in BMI between people of the same age and sex are usually due to body fat. Um, Usually, or however, there are expectations to this rule, which which means a BMI figure may not be accurate. So BMI calculators will usually overestimate the amount of body fat for specific people that are usually like bodybuilders, some type of a high-performance athletes, and pregnant women. (laughs) BMI is also not an accurate indicator for people with eating disorders like anorexia, nervosa, or people with extreme obesity. BMI is not considered the the best measurement of height and health risk, 
A person's waist circumference is thought to be a better predictor of health risk than BMI. So BMI usually means that if you are under um, 18.5, then you are considered underweight or possibly malnourished. Um, now, when you go from 18.5 to 24.9, you are within a healthy weight range for young and middle-aged adults. Now, when you jump from 25 to 29.9, you're considered overweight. And if you're over 30, you're considered obese. So for people over the age of 30 years, general health status may be more important than mildly overweight. Um, some, research, some researchers have suggested that a BMI range of 22 to 26 is desirable for older people. Now, BMI is definitely not the best kind of measure of health because it doesn't consider, well, it doesn't differentiate between body fat and muscle mass. Um, there are some expectations or ex exceptions to the BMI guidelines, which include muscles. So bodybuilders and people who have a lot of muscle bulk will have a higher BMI, but will not be considered overweight. People with physical disabilities, um, so people with a physical disability and are unable to walk may have a muscle may have muscle wasting. Their BMI may be slightly lower, but this does not exactly mean that they are underweight. So also people with height, um, BMI is not totally independent of height, and it tends to overestimate obesity among shorter people and estimate it, underestimate it for taller people. BMI should not be used as a guide for adults who are very short or very tall. Being underweight and overweight put you at many risks, but specifically when you are overweight, you can develop diseases such as type 2 diabetes, specific types of cancer, depression, and other mental health disorders. Now, if you're underweight, you can have a compromised immune function, respiratory disease, digestive diseases, cancer, and osteoporosis. Let's talk about how to make exercise enjoyable and fun. It's no secret that many of us find it difficult to stick to some form of exercise. Experts say the key to taking up or keeping to any form of physical activity is to have fun. The first step to making exercise fun is to embrace your inner child. So what types of activities did you enjoy when you were a kid? And think about those kinds of responses that you'd have. Maybe you did ballet. Maybe you want to go to a bar class. You know, things like that that connect and help you get a great workout in will really improve your chances of keeping to that exercise regime. Maybe you are the type of person that loves to Instagram everything. So try a mantra. Replace no pain, no gain with no fun, no future. If you're not enjoying yourself, you won't be able to sustain it. Don't forget to reward yourself. Give yourself a reward each time you reach a fitness goal. It gives you the incentive to keep going. Treat yourself to something you enjoy but make sure your rewards match your healthy lifestyle. As you make progress, you, mind you may find yourself end up rewarding yourself with something physical, such as a walk by the beach or river after a hard day's work. As I wrap up this episode, I want you to consider that this was a lot of information thrown at you. Write down a plan and find something that works for you specifically. What may work for other people may not work for you. So find the best thing that you enjoy and that you want to continue and do it with full throttle, full force, and all heart. 
Thanks for joining me here at Get Fit with Jules, and I'll see you next week. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of Get Fit with Jules. So this week we're going to be talking about understanding the ACE Integrated Fitness Training Model. And the reason this is so important if you were just um, getting into any kind of workout or any kind of fitness regimen is that ACE is a 